You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 198 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. Jay. Hello. And Andy. Hello, hello, hello. We're back to a full team again. That's always that's always fun. Uh, and what a good episode to to be a full team of as well, because this week uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Horus Heresy. It has come up quite a lot in the past few episodes. There's been lots of Horus Heresy goodness. Uh, and this week is no different because, Matt, I believe you have a brand new book in your mitts. I do. I don't know the, who this Horus, who this, uh, Horus is, but the Horus Heresy is full out. And we have got the Liber Mechanicum. For, um, you're a fan of the... Uh, the denizens of Mars, aren't you, Dave? I am. I am indeed. So, yeah, if, if you like all things Mechanicum and Imperial Knights and Titans, this may be the book for you, Dave. And do you know what also I'm a big fan of, Matt? What, what, what? Saying stuff wrong. <laughs> <laughs> My pronunciation skills are pretty pants. Um, so that's going to be our main segment on this week's podcast. It also ties quite nicely into this week's top three, where we're going to be discussing our top three um heresy units are non-astartes that we'd love to see in plastic this is uh, obviously hot on the heels of the recently released uh levife dreadnought the sicarian the spartan stuff like that so that was the inspiration for this week's top three we will also be reading out some of the community choices towards the end of the show we also have a rather interesting new segment this week um but we'll come to that in a little bit but yes we will talk about all of the latest news um, and of course, we have our hobby updates, which is what we're going to be doing next. So, who do we pick on first? Let's pick on Andy first. Andy, yeah. what have you been up to in the hobby since the last podcast? I, I knew you were going to say my name first. I knew it. I was trying to guess <laughs> who it was, but it was me. Um, so, since the uh, last podcast, um, I've been doing two things. Uh, first off, I'm trying to do one of my hobby resolutions, which is to paint 500 points for free existing armies. Um, so I did Kragnos, um, which was uh, 720 points for my um, giant army for my Sons of Bear map. Um, I've currently got on my painting desk um, some more pink horrors. Um, so I'm hoping to get them done by the end of the week, at which point I've got about uh, about 400 points painted for my Zinch army. Um, and then I've got, I mean, I've got loads more pink horrors to build and paint at some point, but um, I've got some more flamers of Zinch as well. So I'm going to try and get them painted up as well because they're, they're surprisingly quite quick. There's not a huge amount of detail to them. Um, at which point that's 500 points added to my Disciples of Zinch army as well. So uh, I'm trying to get that done. Um, and then the only other thing I've been doing um, in the last week is building some of the um, scenery from the uh, Warcry Heart of Gur box set, which, um, yeah, is <laughs> it's really nice, like really, really nice. I mean, when you, when you get the sprues and stuff, it's, you know, even looking at the, the detail that we've put on sort of like the bamboo um, ladders and, you know, sort of this sort of stuff. And then when you see like the trees with all the sort of um we've got like claws for leaves and stuff like that because obviously it's quite carnivorous and and deadly and stuff like that and then 
you know, looking at all the skeletal remains and even the like seraphon ruins and stuff on there, it's, it, it's awesome. But um, a lot of people said that the, you don't get much bang for your buck in the scenery, but I don't think people, people quite realise quite how big that scenery is until you've got it in your hands. Yeah, I mean, it. I, my Warcry, but the board will fit on my dining room table and it and the scenery. Yeah, it it's it's a lot. <laughs> like it's a lot. And especially when you consider, you know, going forwards, you can mix it with, you know, some other kits going into the future. I mean, I've got loads of the Azerite ruins for Age of Sigmar as well. There's nothing to stop me sort of adding an Azerite ruin or two into my Warcry table just to add a little bit more. But yeah, looking at it, it it's fantastic. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping Straight to get away, it painted. I, I think that Thundian stuff, will mix with it really nicely as well and we might have we might have some stuff in the news as well about stuff that can uh, expand your scenery further as well yeah uh, but yeah that's that's about all i've been doing um for the last week painting some pink horrors and uh, building some scenery excellent stuff excellent stuff uh jay what have you been up to in the hobby this week uh, in the hobby this week, I have been painting a few things I can't talk about, but I've also been painting up my more Legio Custodes. Um, and I've pretty much almost finished the um, Aquilan Terminators now. I'm just working on the on the basis for them. Um, how are you, and, uh, how are you finding them, Jay? Because I know the vehicle you were more confident with and the, the infantry was a bit of an unknown, wasn't it? Yeah, so it has been. Well, I'll have to see. I'll post them in the chat later on because they are almost finished. Um, and, and see what you think. Um, I'm not sure if the gold just needs a little bit more work. Um, I mean, overall, I am happy with them. Um, but yeah, I don't know whether I need to maybe try and weather the gold a bit more or whether I've weathered it too much. Um, so uh, I'll see what you guys think. But yeah, it's been it has been a bit different painting up the um, the infantry rather than the f- big massive flat panels of the uh, the tank. Uh, and then also the, the it was much easier to weather the tank than it has been to weather these guys. Um, but yeah, but I have enjoyed them. Um, I'm not sure what unit I'm going to paint up next for them. I'm thinking I might try and go for like ten custodian guard next, and oh, nice. then and then go uh, with spears, and then go with a dreadnought after that. So that I'm sort of you know doing a couple of units of infantry, then a vehicle, a couple of units of infantry, then a vehicle. Because I mean it's not a massive army anyway, so so we'll see. But I, I'm really impressed with the uh, actual the metal colours that I've been using. This um, it's an AK Interactive True Metal. It's like a waxy wax based paint, um, okay. but it's very very the, the metals are very very sort of um, lots of pigment in them, which is really really nice. Excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I actually got to see um, Jay's tank that you were talking a lot about last week in person the other day, uh, and it looks amazing. Like a full army custodian like Jay going to look absolutely superb. Um, they're they're going to win you awards, I think. They're they're really nice. As long as they win me the uh, skulls of the traitors, I don't mind. <laughs> um, I shall go next with what I've been up to. It's been, considering like last week was quite busy, this week on paper looks a lot quieter. Um, the, the thing that's taken up most of my time and will do for the rest of the week and potentially going into next week, um, depending on how things go, is my Storm Vermin. So Project Skaven is, is full steam ahead um i have next to me 
20 skaven all at uh, storm vermin all undercoated all the skin is done on them which took quite a long time and i've started doing the armor panels on them so um just before the show i'd, I'd done the first four um so only 16 to go um they're, they're going to take a little bit of time uh once the armor's done on all those i'll then move on to the cloth and the silver sort of weapons and bits and bobs and then any other details um so um so yeah i'm enjoying painting them they're a little bit trickier to paint because what you don't realize we're kind of spoiled with with new kits is these older kits some of the like detail kind of molds into other parts of the model and that's the only thing i'm finding but other than that they're still they're still really cool models considering how old they are um but i probably won't be painting any more than 20 um because they're a little bit trickier than clan rats um so they are taking up most of my time at the moment however casting my mind a little bit into the future um i have built two characters for two different armies they're both undercoated downstairs uh and i'm going to give them um a slap of paint over the next few days that so i'm actually off uh, next week so hopefully i'll do a little bit of painting i have got grant so that's that's very mysterious dave well well let me let me carry on so i've got the first character is grandmaster voldus for the Grey Knights. The Grey Knights. Now, if if you follow our Twitter, I, I saw that Dave, you've been you've been toying with some Grey Knights. Raising the, the Black Library. Yes, yeah, otherwise known as Jay's House, um, <laughs> for a, for a Grey Knight Codex. Um, the, before I carry on, the reason I've I've done this is because I'm planning a crusade for starting in roughly November once we've got our Path to Glory Age Sigma event out of the way, and I've been looking at narrative arcs and things and basically i want an quite an elite small army to do for crusade uh, and i'm torn between two matt has been sort of hinting or basically saying that he's only playing <laughs> demons um so i was thinking well 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 it'd be nice to run some gray knights um as that could make a really cool story like a main story arc narrative um, arc be cool wouldn't yeah it? so i'm planning on painting him to see if i enjoy um, painting him but there is a second model also built and undercoated and that is an infernal master from the thousand the, sons the thousand sons interesting mm. dave so that um, a bit more like it <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i'm looking forward to to painting him now i've i've had a few thousand some models sat in a box for a while and um, what's been putting me off is i've been a bit intimidated by um all the trim work and stuff on the thousand suns but look if i want to push on my painting i'm going to have to just go for it so um i'm going to paint him see how i feel um i think i could make a story work with the thousand suns um you know going a bit rogue um we'll, we'll see we'll see um i've got plenty of time to kind of think about it and have a read and maybe have some practice games um and we'll, we'll go from there but um it's going to give me something because you know painting tons of rats i'm going to need the odd model just to break it up a little bit um to to keep me on target so uh, and that that i think gents is is me for this week so that just leaves you matt what have, what have you been up to well i in 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 a change from my normal traitorous um 
painting stuff. I've been working on Hexbane's Hunters. This is the new warband for Warhammer Underworlds. And oh boy, are they cool. They are so, so cool, aren't they? They're really You've cool. You've got the witch hunter with his torch. You've got the big lad with an axe. There's like a woman with pistols. There's a crossbow. There's two dogs. <laughs> they were really, really good fun to paint up. Um, a few finishing touches I need to do. I'm another kind of battle ready at the minute. Um, but yeah, I really want to play some Underworlds, guys. Yeah, it's been a while. So yeah, I've also been working on some Warcry stuff. Um, Garthy, if you shout out to Garthy, done a really cool guide for um, the, uh, the the warbands in the Heart of Gur box. So uh, it looks quite quite quick and easy to knock out warbands following that. So I'll absolutely be doing that. And then I also, before it disappears from the web store, uh, ordered the uh, Sniper, the Warhammer Plus model. So that is oh. also on my desk as well. Um, other than that, I've been putting together my force for i forget what the event is but it is a tempest of war event at warhammer world this coming weekend and i am bringing the death core of krieg um so yeah i've not used them for a while and i thought well we know we've got a new astro militarum book on the way so i thought i'd give them one last hurrah and uh yeah i'll, I'll be that guy bringing a shadow sword because it's cool <laughs> and are you still planning on bringing an inquisitor maybe maybe it's whether i've got a squad in there that could get upgraded to a veteran squad and i've also got a commissar on horse that i can use as summit so i don't know i i probably will bring the inquisitor for some psychic shenanigans but uh, i really need to write a list since it's wednesday today and the events on saturday as soon as you um <laughs> as soon as you hesitated then matt i started shaking my head just i know you couldn't see that but i knew you were about to you know Look, it's it's a demonic influence. I I sold my soul to the four powers, the ruinous powers, long ago. So it wouldn't be right if I brought an Inquisitor, would it? You could make him auto Xenos. He could be a very unorthodox Inquisitor that dabbles with things that he shouldn't dabble with. You could could could. <laughs> <clears throat> Excellent stuff. It sounds like we've all been very busy. And speaking of busy, we have got quite a lot to get through on this week's podcast. So. Grab a fresh brew and we'll be right back with the news. Now, actually, before we get stuck into the news, um, Andy quite rightly pointed out as soon as I stopped recording that we've missed a few key models out of our hobby updates. Um, and it seems a shame not to mention them. So what have you been up to, Andy, in, in addition to what you've already mentioned? So... I painted my first Iron Warriors vehicle, which Ooh. is the new Leviathan with ranged weapons. Oh, did you get the memo, Andy? It's not a vehicle anymore. Technically, it's not a vehicle now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I painted my first Iron Warriors Dreadnought <laughs> <laughs> with uh, ranged weapons. Um, I went for the Storm Cannon and the... Um, is it the Melter Lance? I think it's called. Yeah, Melter Lance. How how did you find uh, building it? Because obviously I built the um, the punchy one, and it's got a lot of parts that kit, hasn't it? Yeah, I think the the most time consuming part was building it. I mean the the legs are probably the only real fiddly part to it. Once you've got the legs positioned right and glued together, then the rest of it goes together like a dream. 
um but getting to that stage was um yeah it it was challenging um but yeah once you get it sort of like the legs sorted the rest of it goes together really well and really easy and again painting it like iron warriors for me i i picked it out with sprayed it all silver then picked out some of the armor joints with like warp lock bronze just to break up that silver sort of color um and i did like the pipes and you know things like that with warlock bronze and then um one of my new favorite paints uh it's not new but it's new to me is balthazar gold so i did that for like the melter um the, the melter cannon bits um some of the exhaust vents and you know that sort of stuff again just to break up that silver a little bit um gave it all a wash with agrax dry brushed it all necron compound and then picked out the black details. And I tell you what, I didn't do it for my tactical squad that I painted up a while ago, but I painted up some hazard stripes on the Iron Warriors. And I'm fairly happy with how it turned out. Um, I, I don't want to say how long it took me to get to that stage, but yeah, it was it was great fun to paint. And um, yeah, yeah, I definitely want to buy another one at some point. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah, your I hazard think... stripes. I feel ace. Yeah, I think you've done a great job with this um, this dreadnought. I think it looks really, really cool. I like the sort of brushed gunmetal type metal you've done as well. Yeah, I mean, that was dead simple. It was just lead belcher, the new Agrax Earthshade wash, and then just um, selective dry brushing of uh, Necron compound, and that was about it, really. Excellent stuff. Keeping it heresy, uh, for a few weeks now, I've been sort of saying that I'm, I'm painting something, and I can now finally reveal it. It, it was the Sicarian um, battle tank. Um, I, have I pronounced that right, Matt? You have not correct pronounced it right now, David. It's Sicarian. There you go. That's what I thought I said, but maybe <laughs> I didn't say it. Um, I mean, I've mentioned it on a couple of top freezes, um, a kit I really like from Forge World. So having it in plastic was um, was amazing, and it was a super fun tank to to paint. Um, it's been painted in the best Legion, uh, the Dark Angels. And uh, yeah, even though it's such like a, a straightforward scheme, I tried to spend as much time as I could on it to make it look um, as epic as it could be. And I am you really, really, really job. pleased. The, the, the red's um, the red's really solid, really nice coverage. It looks uh, it looks good, Dave. Thank you. Um, I'm really proud of it. I'm 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 very happy. That could be featured in a top three in the future if we ever revisit the top three models that we painted. Um, so yeah, really happy with how that's turned out. Um, and I uh, can't wait to to really carve out some time and paint some more Dark Angels. Um, really looking forward to giving them a go before Christmas. Hopefully. You're feeling the um you're feeling the horror the Horus heresy hype. That's a tongue twister, isn't it? No, I, I am, I am. it. I am, absolutely. If it wasn't for the fact that, you know, I'm knee deep in rats, um, I would probably be painting some heresy. Uh but as it is, I've I've got to stay on target. Um, but hopefully in the next couple of months I'll be able to to start painting some dark angels uh, en masse, shall we say. Jay I believe you've also been painting stuff that you've not been able to talk about until now. Yeah, uh, I've been fa- painting. So not many people know this, but um, also in many of the battles of the Horus Heresy, uh, Galadriel sent many of her uh, wood elves there <laughs> to sort of spy on the traitor legions. Um, so, so to stay with the Horus Heresy theme this week, I have been painting. Um, oh, I can't remember. Rumil and Orifin. Rumil and Orifin. There you go. The um, the the two brothers of Haldir. Two new resin models, 
for the Galadrim uh, army. So um, they're really nice, actually. One's got a, a shield, one's got a sword, um, and the other one has got sort of two swords. And I remember the um, when they were talking about it on the um, Lord of the Rings re- uh, preview uh, a couple of weeks back, um, these two models with Haldir sort of make like a triumvirate of the sort of wood elf way of war. Uh, Haldir with the bow, and you've got these two elves with the sort of defensive sword and shield, and then the more offensive two blades. Um, they were they were nice models to, um, to 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 paint up. I think I prefer the Rivendell models just from an aesthetics point of view in their their style of armor and things like that. But yeah, th- these were quite nice. Excellent. Yeah, they've they done a really good job on them as well, Jay. I bet it was nice to do a bit of Middle Earth. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, the last Middle Earth model I painted was actually my um, Glorfindel conversion at the beginning of the year. Um, so, yeah, I don't think these are enough, enough to make me want to do a Wood Elf army. I think if I did a Wood Elf army, it would be um, Toriel and the sort of ranger-looking Wood Elves. Ooh, nice, um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was nice to paint. And I am sort of feeling a bit Lord of the Ringsy at the moment. We've got the new series on the way. And the new uh, reveals coming as well, so. I think it's going to be a good excellent. time to get into the uh, the Middle Earth strategy battle game. I know me and Andy are certainly going to be probably painting up armies in the near future. So yeah, uh, yeah watch this space. So ordinarily, I'd be reading out the news, but uh, as the time period when I'd be writing it, I was driving back from Nutsford. That's fallen to Dave today. So I get to say, Dave, what do we have in this week's news? First of all, but there's loads of our listeners that are like, where in where in where in the UK is Nutsford? It's not uh, it's not the, the most talked about town in the world, um, but yeah, it's, it's a little town up here in the northwest. Uh, and I will gladly uh, start off the new segment this week, uh, Matt, and talk about what is up for pre-order this coming week. And um, it's it's a really big AOS week, to be honest. Um, it is, isn't it? It is, yeah. So let's start with Warcry, which uh, has recently had the Heart of Gear box. This weekend, we have got the Chaos Legionnaires up for pre-order. This is a box of eight epic-looking Chaos Warriors. Honestly, like, these are the best Chaos Warriors I've I've seen. Um, Odd number eight, but there you go. Um, Maybe they're corn worshippers. Corn was eight, wasn't he? Well, these these guys are the, uh, the... The foot soldiers of Bellacor, which excites me greatly. It's cool to see Bellacor's mortal followers, isn't it? <clears throat> hmm. um, so these are £35. Um, I think that's about standard affair, isn't it? Uh, maybe a little you get bit extra. You cards and stuff in the box with them as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, keeping it Warcry, um, we've got this Centurion Marshal, who I think is a little mini Kragnos. Um, he's also yeah. very cool. Um, and he's going to be available... For £26, which, um, again, price is, that, isn't is, it? Is, is pretty reasonable. Because he's a big old model, he is, isn't he? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, that's cool. He reminds me of the um, Ogroid Fermitage and the, um, is it the Mindstealer Sphinx? Sphinx, yeah. yeah. Mm. So they, I think they were also um, Warcry monsters, weren't they? So, yeah, I, I really want to kind of pick them up. Obviously, we know that the uh, Slaves of Darkness are coming later this year, so I'm thinking if I can get a lot of the, certainly the Warcry stuff painted up, because a lot of the old Chaos models, the aesthetic doesn't really match anymore, does it? But I reckon if people want to do a Slaves of Darkness army and pick up a lot of these Warcry sets, you'd probably have an army you could put together by the time that book comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the next single for pre-order should excite quite a few people. Um, 
It was previously available in the Fondian Strongpoint box, which was a very good box, a little bit pricey um, if you didn't want all the scenery, but it was home to the Crond Spine Incarnate of Gur, which was like a special unit. It wasn't an endless spell, but kind of no, it's, it's, a little bit it's, like an endless an spell. An incarnate, a new, a new unit they've added to Age of Sigmar. So yeah. I presume we're going to get other incarnates from different realms, but this guy's pretty tasty, isn't he? He is, and he's finally available to pre-order um, and buy on his own. He's priced at £35, which he is a big model, so uh, that doesn't surprise me. It is a little bit disappointing that we've had to wait this long for him to have an own, his own individual release. But there you go. Um, if you didn't want to pick up that big box, you can now. Well, you will be able to pre-order him on his own. Did you say £35? Yeah. I was expecting him to be about double that, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I know. Right. That, that, that is a good price, I think. Um, speaking of the box that he came in, all the, the key parts of the scenery that were in that box are also up for pre-order this coming week. So we've got the Cleansing Aquilith, which is like the Lumineth looking mini temple with kind of waterfalls. I really like this scenery piece. It's, it's very pretty. Um, that's £45. We've got the Megadroth Remains, um, which again are also very cool. They're thirty-five pounds. Um, so I mean, you say this all the time, Matt. If if you liked those scenery pieces and the Cronspine, you probably should have really got that box. But, yeah, well, um, really. If, you, if if what was it, forty-five for the Aqualith and what, thirty-five for the Megadroth? Yeah, and then thirty-five for the Incarnate. So 80, so just those three pieces you're talking probably the sticker price of the box and in that box you've also got um a number of different scenery kits on top of that as yeah, well you did a big statue a couple of buildings so i i think with these scenery sets as well you you, you don't necessarily see the the size of these scenery pieces as well on the kind mm. of like, art of them all together that that mm. megadroth kind of skeleton is, is massive also if anyone plays Warcry, pick that up because it goes and it goes straight with the stuff in the box. You've got remains of these kind of skeletons around the trees and stuff, and I think it'll look really good on your battlefield. Absolutely. Also up for pre-order this weekend, keeping it at Sigmar, is a brand new battle box, which pitches the Disciples of Zeech against the Lumineth Realm Lords. It is the Arcane Cataclysm, and is going to be retailing at £135. Um, that is quite a lot, but you do get two exclusive miniatures in there. Um, I've gone and closed the page with the um, elf. What's the elf called, Jay? Sonari Enlightener. And um, the new guy for Zeech, which is the, the Kersling, Kersling, I believe. Who looks yeah. beautiful. Uh, I will say this box, if you bought all the stuff separately, would cost you £253. Flipping heck. That's a lot. So actually, £135 is not that bad at all, no. um, especially if you can split that with a friend uh, or pick it up from, I don't know, Element Games through one of our affiliate links, perhaps. Um, you know, you could do that, get it a little bit cheaper. It doesn't stop there for Age of Sigmar, guys, though, because available for the first time separately, originally seen in the Echoes of Doom battle box, we have the Skaven Deathmaster, who is the lovely Skaven assassin that I painted for the website. Feels like an age ago, but I think it was only like 
I don't know, six weeks ago, maybe? It was, there's like. been a lot of stuff in six weeks, hasn't there? Yeah, so I really enjoy painting him. He's, he's an excellent plastic miniature, and he will be available to pre-order for £21. The other character from that box was the Lady of Vines for the Sylvaneth, uh, which, Jay, uh, you painted for the website. Yeah, this is a brilliant, I love this model. Really, really nice, and really, really good in any Sylvaneth army, really, as well. I'm yeah. thinking, Jay, I'm thinking, Jay, with, with the Lady of Vines available separately, could that be a base for a conversion for Path to Glory here if you illuminate oh, yeah. the It definitely could, because um, you've obviously got that model then, and you've got Dryka as well to mess about with. Maybe you can combine mm. the two. She's a little bit more pricey because she's a slightly bigger model. Um, she's £30, but again, for that size bad. character, good. yeah, I think yeah. That's, that's all right. Rounding out the pre-orders next week, we've got two brand new uh, Black Library characters that are going to be available in plastic. The first of which is a character for the Carriage Overlords called Drecky Flint. He is a cool looking admiral type dude. He's getting his own war scroll, which is going to be on Warcom at some point this week. Uh, and we also have Kado Esnikar, Esnikar, Esnikar? The Hollow King, um, who is a very, very cool looking vampire. And I 100% will be picking it. Well, I'll be picking both of these up. Um, yeah. But he, he's going to be my first death model for ages. Um, they both look epic. They, they, they're both going to be featured in books that are also up for pre-order this weekend. I know we don't normally talk about books, but we've got the Arconauts Oath and the Hollow King, um, which will start off their journeys in the mortal realms. Um, what do we, um, as an aside, what do we think of this? New books coming with models to kind of supplement them. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I like it. Yeah, and these are these are very, very cool models. And I'm looking forward to seeing both their War Scrolls as well, uh, which are both going to be available uh, this week over on Warcom. Um, and I can't remember if I said, but they're both going to be priced at £21 each. Again, standard affair for characters nowadays. Um, and that, gentlemen, rounds up this Ooh, week's... Oh, but Dave, oh, it does not. It does not. So Ooh. for Warcry, we also have the Compendium coming. Now, this was delayed in the warp, but that is up for pre-order on Saturday too. This compiles all the free War Scrolls that Warhammer community put up on the website. So that's pretty exciting. And also, if you're a fan of Aeronautica Imperialis, uh, the, the rule book for Warhammer... The Horus Heresy, Aeronautica Imperialis, which is possibly the biggest title of a game ever, is also up for pre-order. So it looks like this um, allows you to play games of Aeronautica using the various Space Marine legions and even the, the human Divisio Aeronautica that existed at the time. So that's pretty cool. You get all the rules in the book. They've also got a unique area of engagement coming out for that. Uh, cards for all the things. And I would say if you want to play this... Or if you think you might want to play it in the future, pick up the cards because it does make playing the game infinitely easier with the little stat cards and your ammo and stuff. Um, something that Jay, I think, will be super excited about is the Ares gunship for the Legio Custodes. And it does say that you can um, that you can take that alongside some other forces or independently as well. So that is also pretty exciting. But wait, there's more for Necromunda. We've got the Deluxe Spiker. This is a psychic dude completely infused with psychotropic drugs to uh, enhance his latent psychic abilities. 
and it is such a freaky looking model. I am super excited to pick up this model. I will be ordering it on Friday, I assume, as soon as it goes up for pre-order because it is glorious looking. And if you play the Corpse Grinder Cult, who um, haven't had any releases, I don't think, since the um, the big box came out for them, uh, there's a new weapon set for them as well, expanding out the range of weapons available to the gang. And actually, um, there's something else that's up for pre-order. Uh, it's the Elven Union. No, actually, that might have been last week. I think I've put that on the wrong list. Yeah, that would be it. Uh, thanks, Matt. That's why Matt does the pre-orders and the news. Because I was bound to have forgotten something. Uh, now I'm actually going to hand over the microphone to Andy for the rest of this week's news. Take it away, yeah. Andy. You might have to throw your microphone a bit of a distance to get it to my house. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, so rest of the news. So uh, if you're a fan of the Escher gang, then the Escher cutters might be for you. So these are basically oh. kind of like Escher gangers riding. Kind of like pod racer engines. Yeah. Right, I think an, engine, an engine with a seat and guns strapped to it. They don't look particularly safe, but they do look fast. Yeah. And so the, the article says that you can have grenade launchers, plasma guns and heavy stubbers as underslung weapons. So, yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to think that these might be like the um, dustmite helamites. Is that what it's called? Um, just yeah. like helmites, where they're quick, but very fragile. Maybe hit hard, but fragile. Yeah, I imagine if you breathe in their general direction, these things will probably blow up, and they look quite volatile. My particular favourite bit is I think one of them's got like leopard print on it, which is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, also mentions that they are a mount as well. So with the new rules in the Ashwaite book, mounted a new thing, which is essentially a piece of equipment you can give to any ganger. So if you want your gang leader or some of your specialists riding a very dangerous death wish with guns, then you can absolutely do that. Which means that my whole Etcher gang, I'm going to have to recreate with mounts on the odd chance I decide to buy them. <laughs> uh, do you know what I really fancy doing with these? Um, I think one of these would look awesome as like a, a rogue inquisitor's mount for like maybe some narrative Ooh, yeah. things of 40k or something i think that would be really really cool um, i think they'd make great death copters for orcs they yeah, would make great death just for orcs or even uh gretchen put gretchen on them as well and have them like flying gretchens <laughs> i just oh, think the eldar the eldar when they see some of these things fly past the elves like oh my god such primitives compared <laughs> <laughs> to the sleek anti-grav jet bikes of the eldari yeah. It is essentially a, a, a turbine with fins and guns, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? This like, thing goes forward and fast, but it probably can't turn very well, can it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Warcom have also announced the next three expansions for Warcry. So the first one is called Sundered Fate, which um, I'm, uh, I don't know. You could get a lot of different stuff. The fate part fate makes me feel... Zinch notes maybe. Yeah, Zinch Lumineff sort of. It could be. Appeal. It could be um, sundered like the, um, uh, the the shadow elves and the and the light elves have been sundered from one another. Yeah, but there's there's definitely some options. It, it could be the Kanofi they've been sundered from the uh, Oak of Ages. You know what? I would love to see some Kanofi because we haven't seen them since. What, second edition Warhammer Underworld? That, that's what it lines? could be. The Kunofi sundered from our collections. 
for so long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and 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 this it's 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 an entire season of War Cry set within a wood. So presumably there's going to be some wood elves or wood spirits at some point, surely. Yeah. So the the, the and you second... can imagine. This, oh, sorry, I've gone off on a tangent here, but you can imagine the spirits in Gur, they probably look a little bit different than the ones in the realm of life, more savage looking uh, Sylvan, it'd be cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the, the second expansion is called Blood Hunt, which I'm hoping has uh, some sort of uh, corn influence in that respect. <laughs> uh, and the third part is Nightmare Quest which definitely has some death vibes to it. Um, but the, the article also states that each of these expansions is going to be accompanied by two new warbands and scenery. And then yeah. right at the end of the um, sort of preview video, they show off a Seraphon chameleon skink hiding in the undergrowth. Yeah, that's that's cool. I mean, I, 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 I'm guessing that's something that's sundered fate because that's three months away now. Uh, mentioning the the Warcry review, that it's pretty much the the kill team model now, isn't it? Which I really like. I mean, we talked about this last week a little bit, didn't we? But a big box with two warbands, the book, and all the scenery. And then if you don't want to get all of that, the individual bits are available three months after that when the next box comes out. I think that's a really good way of doing a lot of GW's games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I concur, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then to round it off, probably the big one for me is the Warhammer Plus subscription has finally turned one years old or two Yay. years old. Yeah, One year old. One year one old. Year old. <laughs> and um, they've announced the next <clears throat> two exclusive miniatures a um, a chaos sorcerer for Age of Sigmar, and I'm gonna butcher this name, My Belor Darkfang, and who is accompanied by four chaos familiars, who look very cool. Um, and they look very familiar. So all these familiars are based on old, old school familiar models from back in the day. They're really leaning into nostalgia vibes with this release. And uh, the the other exclusive miniature, I think Matt. Is is probably gonna pick this one, and it's called Azrak the Annihilator. Oh my god, you guys! So this was <laughs> a white dwarf cover back in the day, and I don't think they've actually got a picture of it on the Walker article, have they? But this this guy was an early early kind of look at what a corn terminator would look at, and he is he is very retro. I'm gonna say the kind of like non-metallic scheme that the heavy metal studio have done with this model just looks amazing um he's got like an old school gun again based on the artwork not similar to what the current guns they carry and his kind of glowing kind of uh, head very reminiscent of horus um yeah i i am in love with this model and want to paint it like today yeah i mean (laughs) I'm, I think I'm going to go for the, the Sorcerer, especially knowing like the Slaves to Darkness stuff's coming mm. out. Um, but the the new way of doing the exclusive miniatures is if you pay for Warhammer Plus on a monthly basis, unfortunately, you're going to have to wait 12 months before you can order these miniatures. However, if you pay on a yearly plan, you only have to wait a month. And 
it's potentially less than that. Next week, an email will go out to subscribers, and the way that the current one's done, you'll probably get the miniature a couple of days after. I mean, I've just um, got my um, Baz Drop neck chopper, and I only ordered him yesterday. Yeah, so I imagine as soon as that email goes out, it could well be the following day or so that you get them. Um, same as last year as well. You get one free, but you can also purchase the other one. I want to say £24. Don't quote me mm. on that, though. Something in that ballpark. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to get both. Like like Andy said, we've got the the big Slaves to Darkness release coming. So, um, Mib, Miblio, I, I, yeah, again, butchered that one, is going to have to be my Chaos Sorcerer as well. I, um, I, as soon as I saw that Sorcerer model, I was weighing up Slaves to Darkness models. I'm kind of well. I'm very glad actually that it's going to be 12 months until I can get my hands on him. It gives me 12 months to plan for the inevitable slave to darkness army that I'm going to have to get. Because um, otherwise, if I was getting him a month's time, I'd probably drop everything and build a slave to darkness army. So yeah, absolutely picking that model up. The Chaos Terminator. Personally, I'm not a fan. Sorry, Matt. Well, see, so I guess, I guess I think the difference between us, me, me and you guys, though, I think I got into the hobby a lot older, and some of the the second edition stuff was a bit kind of kookier, wasn't it? Like you know, I like me squats on trikes with you know looking a bit ridiculous. Chaos stuff looked like this, so it hits the nostalgia vibes for me. Where you guys got into third, which is more like the aesthetic of the current game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think of these models being a massive chaos fan, Jay? Yeah, well, this is. I'm a bit disappointed that it, they are both chaos models. To be fair, although they are very, very nice chaos models, so I do like. I like them both really. I'm not sure which one I'm going to choose yet. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, I suppose we see so many sort of space marine models coming out through the year, don't we, on different events and occasions and things mm-hmm. that it is nice actually to you know you've got a, a range across all of the different things Games Workshop do. Um, but yeah, no, they are, they are very nice sculpts, and the paint jobs on them, especially on that Chaos um, Terminator, are incredible. Yeah, every, really every time us three talk about Chaos and how we're building and painting Chaos models, I always think, how long can Jay hold out before he does a Chaos Army? <laughs> <laughs> He's nearly done Black, uh, Black Legion before, uh, Andy. He's been close. He's been close. We just need to push him over the edge, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent stuff. So some very cool stuff in the news there, especially that that Chaos Sauce. Honestly, if you've not seen it, go and check it out. Him and his little buddies, little familiar friends. Amazing. Um, We have got plenty to get through on the podcast, though. We're going to uh, take things back to the era of heresy in our next segment. So keep listening. So for our main segment this week, we have a brand new book to delve into. That is for the Horus Heresy. It is the Liber Mechanical Mat. Um, now me and you, we're big fans of these big robots. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, obviously this is the precursor to the Adeptus Mechanicus in 40k, and yeah, I think when the new edition of the Horus Heresy launched. Um, back a couple of months ago in the summer uh, i think some people were a bit disappointed that only the stars and books were out however 
over the course of the next few months. Um, I think Game Watch is trying to push out these books so everybody who's got an existing army can play. We know that in a couple of months' time, there's an Imperium book coming out, that's all we know, but I presume that will include the Solar Exilia, the Warp Cults and Renegades, all that fun stuff. Uh, without a date yet, is the Demons of the Ruin Storm and the uh, Talons of the Emperor. Now, I believe Warcom said that at some point this year, PDFs will come out for those armies. So by the end of the year, whichever faction you play, you will have rules. So that's cool. Uh, but today it is the turn for the Mechanicum. And this is really in the same way that the, 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 the Liber Astartes and Liber Pereticus books covered essentially multiple different army lists in one book this book contains all your let's say robotic armies so you've got the tagmata mechanicum which is the standard militarized force of the mechanicum lots of robots lots of cool vehicles lots of cool basically you've also got the questorus households which are the precursor to the imperial knights that's your your valiant nice households for both good and evil fighting during the Horus Heresy. And you've also got in here, for games of ridiculous points levels, the army list for the Adeptus Titanicus. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, really cool. One thing that I will mention this book covers the Mechanicum at the time of the start of the Horus Heresy. It's very specific with that. While you can be a traitor or a loyalist, the technology and the formation of the armies is at the start of the Horus Heresy. So the Dark Mechanicum hasn't really been established yet. There's there's traitor characters in here, but technically they're not Dark Mechanicum yet. It does say the Dark Mechanicum will follow in later supplements, because they're a bit more wacky. You've got stuff fused with demons and all sorts of weird stuff going on, haven't you? Yeah, so yeah. No, no like demon engines in this one, then. There's zero demon engines, because... Um, I, I guess the logic being that when Istvan happened and the, the schism of Mars happened at that point, they, they, they may have been dabbling with demons in the background, but the outwardly the armies they yeah. were using would have been fairly similar at that time. And it's as we get close to the siege of terror that they start <laughs> delving into more esoteric stuff. Let's say, I think that's pretty cool. We've got the tease that the more unusual stuff will come. That's also very cool. Uh, and it means it, it, it simplifies things for creating the list, doesn't it? Same as the Astartes books. It's a single list. You've got characters that are specific to be each side, but there's no funky stuff that you do with list construction, whether you're a traitor or a loyalist. It makes things a lot easier. Um, Format-wise, the book, it, it, it's very much the same. We've got the same um, force organisation chart. One of the things that we mentioned in the review that we weren't sure about is whether these different fighting forces would be constructed in different ways and i think one of the things that the the design team wanted to do was to have the same core construction for all the armies because make things easier but then there might be some in the background that affects list building so for the astartes we've got the rights of war we've got something very similar for the mechanicum that changes the way that you build your lists but that isn't the only chart in here and we get to talking about the knights and the titans they have their own force organization charts with the charts being the same it also means that you could buy this book and put together an allied detachment of mechanicum now the minimum requirements for an allied detachment is one hq and one troops choice so if you wanted to maybe like grow an army and let's face it at the minute with none of these kits being in plastic 
it is going to be quite expensive cash-wise to put together a Mechanicum Force. But because of this, you could buy a single robot and a cool HQ choice, and you've got a legal allied detachment that you could attach to your force. So Dave, for example, you collect Dark Angels, you could start putting together a small Mechanicum Force, and every now and then add an additional unit, be able to use those models in games, Mm. which is cool, and then eventually get to the point where you can field them as their own standalone army. I think that's a pretty good thing as well. That sounds good to me, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a nice slow burn project that you can actually make use of whilst you're, you're slowly building it up. Yeah, so, so it's pretty cool. You get um, unique warlord traits for the uh, for the Mechanicum as well. Uh, well, I'm not going to go into the detail too much because I've got a full write-up and a, and a video on this. What I do want to call out, though, is the advanced reaction. So one of the core things of the Horus Heresy, second edition, are reactions. These are abilities that you use in your opponent's turn to add A, an extra level of interactivity, and B, psychological mind games with your opponents. Um, all of the Space Marine Legions get their own unique advanced reaction. The Mechanicum themselves get one as well. Scornful fire. And this is amazing. So once per game, say Dave. You're shooting a unit of Mechanicum that contains an independent character. If you do, before you roll to shoot, I can declare to use Scornful Fire. Every eligible Mechanicum unit within 12 inches can make a shooting attack back at you before you fire. That is fairly bonkers. Now, before you go, wow, that's, that's amazing. Bear in mind that all Automata units are not eligible because they cannot do reactions. So all your big um, Castle and Robots, your big Siege Robots, all that stuff, base, can't do reactions. Now, there are certain things that can interact with that and give them reactions, but um, it's going to give you a difficult situation where if you want to say you've got a core unit and stick a character in it on an objective... You're going to have to think twice about shooting that unit, knowing that pretty much every Mechanicum unit within 12 inches is going to be shooting back at you. Mm. Now, obviously, that's a one-use-per-game ability, but um, I, I think it's a really, really strong one, and, uh, yeah, it should be a little bit of fun. So going into kind of list construction, you you have a zero-one choice of an Archmagos Prime or an Archmagos Prime on Abeyance. This is your big HQ choice and you can only have one of them in your army. They've got this feudal hierarchy rule. That means if you've got one on foot, you can't include one on an abeyant because essentially the Mechanicum are very protective and secretive to other um, Archmagoses. They don't like their secrets being stolen. So from a law point of view, you'd only have one character in your entire army with that um, with that title. So that kind of simplifies list structure for you because you're probably going to be taking one of them. Mm-hmm. Now they get a um, similar to the rights of war that the um, Praetors get in um, Astartes armies. You get the orders of the high techno arcana. These are different um, subsects of the Mechanicum faith that they sit into. And that changes your army list construction. So I will run through these because there's some fun stuff that you can do. The Archmandrite gets the bonds of vassalage, which means that you're allowed to take an allied Mechanicum army alongside your Mechanicum army. 
And basically, this represents your Forge world has made another Forge world there, kind of like vassal state. And that is the only way you can double up on those Archmagos. So basically, right. the, you've got kind of got the overarching one, and then you've got that, the allied one that is essentially his slave. But that means you can double up with two orders of the high techno arcana because you've got two of these characters in your force that you can't normally have. So mm. that's pretty cool. You've got what I think most people will go for and is arguably one of the stronger ones, the Cybernetica. That unlocks Castellix Battle Automata as line. Now, in Games of Horus Heresy, line is a big deal. Big, chunky robots with line is an even bigger deal. They still can't um, do reactions, base, there's other stuff they can interact with that, but uh, they do have line, which is really cool for, for taking objectives and stuff. So that's pretty fun. What it also unlocks is that Automata can take wounds for your characters as well. So in the example we had earlier, where you shoot a unit with a character in, as a bit of uh, protection, those big chunky robots can take the wounds for them. So that's pretty fun as well. The Lacrimata is um, another another kind of force that essentially... Um, so yeah, these guys look after the kind of mortal kind of hordes of the Mechanicum. They get the incorruptible flesh ability, which means them and any unit they join only gets affected by rending, poisoned or flesh being special rules on a six instead of their usual effect. So that's pretty cool. They can also use Battlesmith, which is a rule a lot of the, um, the kind of um, tech priests have to repair vehicles, to repair, quote marks, your infantry as well. So again, this is going to be like a big infantry horde army. Macro tech are pretty cool. These are the guys who create all the defenses and stuff. And it, the um, they can take tech priests as a troop's choice. Which is <laughs> that's mental. cool. Yeah. Uh, they're not line. They're not line, but it means that you can take an awful lot of um, tech priests, and if you have lots of vehicles and kind of stuff, you can fix them up. They also, before the start of the game, can pick three pieces of terrain on the battlefield and set them up somewhere else, which again <laughs> can be a big thing because essentially they're they're big kind of um, what do they call the big like dropships that they have physically rip the scenery into a different location. So that's mm-hmm. pretty fun to like fortify their side of the board and leave the other guys in the open. Um, Malagra is the kind of sinister religious sect that is hunting out tech heresy. So these guys, um, basically, it's while this is the start of the Horus heresy, there's rumors of some unorthodox kind of mechanicum forces dabbling with things that they shouldn't be. And they get a court of executioners, which is a special squad of basically um, tech heresy hunters who are really cool units, unique to the tra- uh, the loyalists. And they're normally a zero one choice in the entire army. This allows them to take three of them in a unit. If you want to go for, say, Dave, you wanted to play a force that is out for destroying the uh, the various abominations that we'll probably see in a future Dark Mechanicum book. This is the one to go to. One that I really like is Myrmidax. This um, allows you to take a Thanatar Siege Automator as your HQ choice, which is amazing. <laughs> and also, it also unlocks Myrmidon Security Hosts as a Troops choice and Myrmidon Destructor Hosts as an Elite choice. Now, we'll talk about the units a little bit, but they are really, really cool. These are basically like, if you think of the role of the Catafront Destroyers in a 40k mechanicus army 
this is similar, but they don't have tracks on foot. But I think big, bruting, kind of like uh, tech thrall thing, mm. festooned with amazing weapons. Um, so that's pretty cool. Reductor are all about blowing stuff up. Essentially, they can use their battlesmith rule to destroy buildings. So, okay. yeah, lots of really cool different stuff. And that, I guess, changes your tactics and your list construction. There's enough there for everybody. They also get access to uh, to different um, cyberthergy abilities. Now, these are technically psychic powers, but they're not psychic powers, but they work in the same way. Essentially, you forgo shooting normally to get an ability, and you can do a test to push it to get a better ability at the chance of taking wounds. So think psychic powers and you're halfway there. They do some pretty cool stuff. You can use them to temporarily make um automator units um eligible to do overwatch and stuff you can do um better healing abilities you can fire off big death lasers and stuff it's pretty cool it essentially uses the same mechanic as psychic powers to do some cool stuff so that's pretty cool um going through the rest of the book there one thing that is kind of missing from here that might surprise a lot of people is that there are very very few abilities and in fact outside of knights i don't think there's any abilities that have the brutal skill oh wow okay so a lot of people are expecting the robots and stuff to have brutal that's not the case that's really a dreadnought thing and that makes in a straight fight even though you can take them as core and technically there are ways uh, sorry you can, you can take them as line with the right build and there are abilities that can make them able to react and stuff the fact that they haven't got brutal on the close combat attacks means that in a straight fight a contemptor fighting a unit of um, castellix robots could if it's lucky just wipe the entire unit because those brutal attacks have damage that spills over yeah it's mm. really really good They've they've shuffled around the profile as well. They used to be toughness seven, they're now toughness six, and they've got four wounds. And again, I think that's in a move to mean that you can use the cool robots, and they are cool, but it's not going to be the situation where you're going to really, really struggle to kill them. And I think that's a good thing. In the first edition of the game, there was a few situations where, with a bad matchup against a heavy Castellax Battle Automator army, you would struggle to even scratch them, wouldn't you, Jay? Yeah, they were tough. Uh, the automata were very, very tough in the, the previous edition of the game. So that is interesting now. They have a, definitely got that weakness against um, Contemptors then and Dreadnoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think a lot of people are thinking, yeah, we'll take Castellax. They're probably going to have Brutal. We'll just throw them forward. You can't be that reckless with them, really. They're still really, really good, but you can't be totally reckless with them. And I think that is because they are, I mean, the base of Troops' Choice, it's easy to make them core you can give them reactions. I mean, if you think about it, if you take um, take that right of war where they are core, you can take up to five in a squad. That's 20 toughness six, three plus save, atomantic shield models to chew through. That's that's tough to chew through as it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But throw in a dreadnought or two, you can easily wipe that unit in a round of combat. So it's nice that they've got a bit of a natural counter now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which makes the Thalax cohort, um, again, a, a, a choice that's worth doing. This is your kind of smaller robots, their infantry and their line, and they don't have the automata rules, so they can react. 
they've got um, Incubonium jetpacks, which essentially means that they can move, shoot, and then move another six inches. And I believe the jetpack lets them jump 12 inches. So having line, these guys can be quite, quite aggressive, really. Throw them forward, shoot at a target, and then jetpack over onto an objective. And then your opponent's got to deal with them then. Their toughness five, they've got three, three wounds, a four plus save, and feel no pain six plus. So again, there's 125 points for three of them, but you're still going to have to focus quite a lot of firepower to take them down. And I think in a competitive list, a unit of nine of them, I think it'd be a tougher thing to deal with than the robots. Yeah. Just for yeah, the maneuverability to be able to jump around. Um, tech thralls have also got a bit of a glow up as well. So the 45 points for 10, so cheap as chips, weapon skill two, ballistic skill two, one wound, six plus save, they would die to a stiff breeze. However, they got a feel no pain of five plus. If you take a tech priest, tech priests have basically got different disciplines that they can lean into. Um, one of them is that they give nearby tech thralls feel no pain four plus you can take oh, these wow. guys in squads of 30 at 45 points for 10 that is a really cheap big blob of troops sat on an objective considering they've got line as well four plus feel no pain on them i feel that like all these troops choices are viable and again depending on which kind of right you go for with your magos it's going to make some interesting different lists i think initially everyone's going to go well i'll go the, the cybernetica one and have all the robots but i think as things settle down i think some of these other squads are going to get their time in the sun because they're actually really really good um the mimodon secure secutor host again it's an elite but in the right right you can make them troops these are really really good the models are a little bit dated now and i hope we get plastic ones but they're strength five Toughness five, four wounds, ballistic skill five. They've got a three plus save. They've got a refractor field and base. They come with maximum bolters. Any of them can be upgraded to a phased plasma fusel. That sounds fun. So, so they come base with a maximum bolter, which is basically a bolter with a load of shots. But for 10 points each, you can give them two phased plasma fusels these aren't twin link these are two independent weapons each of those weapons is heavy three strength six ep3 breaching four plus gets hot so each of those models gets six shots that go through a space marine's armor at strength six and they've got breaching four plus to take out terminators and the like now they have get gets hot so that is going to cause some pain but that gives you a really nice like um tactical squad counter you know, a base squad of three of these, each with two of those guns, gets, what, 18 shots that can fry a space marine? Nice. Obviously, yeah, it's, it's going to cost you points for the upgrades, but they're really, really good. And considering there is also a host where you can take these as uh, line as well. Oh, sorry, not as line, as a troops choice. I really like them. I think it's going to be one of those books where you want all of the units because there's lots of really cool stuff, but they're all quite expensive. So it's all going to really depend on which of those rights that you go for and how you build your force. I think the book's really written in such a way is that you you lean into all the Myrmidon stuff or you lean into all the robot stuff, which should mean that you've got 
eight different distinct looks of a Mechanicum army. And then obviously you can go general, but I think, yeah, in games, it's going to mix up the uh, the meta. And I hate to say the meta, but obviously when we were playing in the tournament the other um, the other week, Jay, th- there were certain lists taken, lots of dreadnoughts and stuff, because it leans into a taking out space marines. When the Mechanicum are on the board, suddenly that's a, a, a curved ball and you'll have to build lists to account for the Mechanicum. You'll have to build lists to account for the demons. I think it's going to make list building a lot more interesting and we might see a bit less Dreadnought spamming away because that Dreadnought, with the big blob of um, thralls for like no points, they don't care if they get pinned down by a Dreadnought. Basically, it's just pinning the Dreadnought in place for the entire game, isn't it? Yeah. For like next to no points. And um, it, it sounds so, like the Mechanicum have got the ranged firepower to threaten Dreadnoughts as well. Well, yeah, there's there's a, there's a fast attack choice in particular that is going to terrify um, Dreadnoughts. It's it's almost as if there's a lot of rock, paper, scissors stuff within this book that is going to, um, to make things really interesting, really. So... The Vulturax Stratos Automata Squadron, which is a mouthful, I do apologise, but that is the big... What is the name of the flying thing in the uh, Death Guard, Dave? The flying thing in the Death Guard? The bloke drone, is it? Oh, the bloke drone, sorry, yes. Yeah, the bloke drone. So that is a... um, uh, This is essentially what this would look like before the... um, Before the... um, yeah exactly yeah um and this is a, a kind of a, it's, it's not a vehicle it's toughness six it's got four wounds and a three plus save and an atomantic deflector it can move 16 inches and it's armed with arc blasters so arc blasters are pretty much your anti-tank and anti-dreadnought weapon and i think a lot of people would be taking maxed out squads of these they are 125 points each so a little bit pricey but they're really, really good. So the Arc Blaster gets four shots. It's got Shred, so we can re-roll the wounds. It has got Strength 6, AP 5. So at first you're like, okay, AP 5, that's not the greatest, um, you know, the greatest uh, ability against, um, you know, anything really. Where it comes into its own is with the Disruption skill. Disruption 4+, plus for each 4+, plus, that it rolls to wound. Oh, sorry, let's do that again. For every four plus that it rolls to hit, it does an automatic glancing hit against a vehicle or an automatic wound to a dreadnought without having to roll to wound. They still get a save roll in the case of dreadnoughts, but a couple of those buzzing forwards could put quite a lot of pain on a, you know, a, a, a Leviathan dreadnought or something, which currently are fairly safe against most things in an Astartes army, aren't they, Jay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can take three of these in a squad. That's, what, 18 shots? In theory, nine of them hit on a four plus. That's nine saves that the Dreadnought's going to make straight away off the bat. In the case wow. of a vehicle, on average, they've glanced a vehicle to death. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've, got, they've got a lot of counters. I mean, that's what? That's like nearly 400 points worth of stuff in a bit of a unit that will be focused down immediately and toughness six four wounds there is a lot of stuff that can deal with them but it gives a solid threat to those um those units and i think that's a good thing to have 
up until now, dreadnoughts have seemed very, very safe. When now there's stuff in this Mechanicum book that threatens dreadnoughts. But by this, in, in really nice balance, there's stuff in the Mechanicum book like your robots that are threatened by dreadnoughts. So we've got a really nice kind of rock, paper, scissors going on where clever screening and prioritising targets and stuff, which makes Heresy really slick and fun, um, it will come into its own. So I kind of hats off for the kind of like built-in balance there. And I wonder all those heavy robot armies would be very vulnerable to these arc weapons. So, yeah, we'll yeah, see what happens was. there. That'd be really cool. Um, again, I'm not going to go through all the units because lots of units in here. I'm trying to call out some of the cool ones. The Mechanicum gets a knight in its heavy support slot, the Knight Morax Talon. So these are the the, the basically the Mechanicum armagers. Uh, they're toughness seven, six wounds, three plus save, uh, ionic deflector, which off the top of my head is a four plus vulnerable save to the front, five plus to the sides, nothing to the rear. And arguably, these are more like your kind of like Leviathan equivalent in the Mechanicum army. They can take a range of different weapons. I like that they come in the heavy support slot so you don't have to lean into your Lord of War choice for your, your knight with them being more like a buffed dreadnought it fulfills a nice role in the army as well i really really like them they're pretty fun lords of war obviously you've got all the mechanicum flavored knights and you've also got the ridiculous stuff like the ordinatus ulator which is 1075 points meaning you can't legally use it in a 4000 point game (laughs) <laughs> all this stuff's designed for ridiculous like 10,000 point narrative games which let's be fair people play those kind of games at Warhammer World don't they yeah, yeah on that big ha- free bridge table imagine how many robots are you going to have in an army that size an awful lot this thing is ridiculous off the top of my head it finds a big pie plate that moves 120 inches down the board every unit it passes friend or foe over that line gets hit with a load of ridiculous weapons again i don't think it's one for like tournament play it's more one for a kind of fun narrative scenario but it's well worth taking while this book is based on the stuff at the outbreak of the um, heresy you do get two characters in here that it calls that are technically dark mechanicum but it gives you the profiles as they were at the turn of the heresy so they've still got the traitor keyword but then they're more normal it says as the game goes on We'll probably get profiles for them as they get more corrupted. Okay. So you've got Art Magos Dreykovic, which is the, the guy that you like, Dave, on that Planquin thing. Mm. Um, he's pretty cool. He is um cruel taskmaster. A unit within 12 inches of them, instead of being pinned, can simply remove a model. He's like a commissar in 40k. Pinning is a really big deal in 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 heresy as well, so that's a really cool ability. He's also got the liquefactor, which is a weapon that liquidates you, which is amazing. Nobody give up. Nobody wants to be liquidated. Nobody wants to be liquidated. You give up all your attacks to do it, and roll two d6. You compare that to the toughness of the target, and it takes wounds at um, AP two equal to the difference between them so a a dreadnought for example has got six wounds off the top of my head if you roll a 12 you kill a dreadnought it gets invulnerable saves and stuff but yeah that's a really cool weapon uh obviously it's a it's a bit of a swingy one because you'd also roll really low and not do a load of damage but it's cool 
The other named character in the book is Arachnoscoria. This is the big freaky scorpion spider guy. Uh, he's essentially your Primarch level hero in the book. Uh, weapon skill 5, ballistic skill 5, strength 5, toughness 7, 7 wounds, 4 attacks, 2 plus save. He's crazy. Adamantium will, so he can deny psychic powers. He's got it will not die for, for air 5 plus. He is really cool. He allows all automata units within 6 inches to make reactions. So, you have Arachnius Scoria in a big unit of stuff. You surround him with a load of cool robots and stuff. If you shoot him, he is going to use that reaction to shoot back at you with all the robots in the world. He's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I, I really like him. I am going to be building an army around him because, you know, I'm that way inclined. Uh, there is also a loyalist character in there as well. He can let things move through cover, but, you know, he's a loyalist, so who cares? Um, <laughs> so for the for the actual unit profiles, if you check out the, the video and the review, I'll go through all them because there's way too much to talk about here. What I do want to talk about is the um, the Titan Legion, the Divisio Tactica, the Adeptus Titanicus. So there is an army list in here. If you want to take an army of Titans, disclaimer, you're only going to be able to use these in very big games. The Titan Manipal is an optional detachment, which means you have to take a primary detachment to unlock it. Okay. It also still adheres to the rules of only 25% of your army can be Lords of War. Considering the cheapest thing that you can buy in here is 750 points, <laughs> realistically, if you're taking a Manipal, you're talking like 10,000-point games. Again, that makes sense, and it means you haven't got the situation where... Jay turns up for a pickup game with 3,000 points of Space Marines, and I rock up with a Reaver and two Warhounds that you can't even scratch. Again, I think that's a good thing because in those bigger games, your opponent's going to be more likely to have Titans and things that can deal with them as well. So yeah. while it might disappoint some people, I think for a game balance reason, it makes sense. You can take a single Titan as your Lord of War choice for any army as well. So I've got a, a Warhound Titan. In any 3,000-point game, I can just bring that as my Lord of War, and that's fine. It's, it's more so when you're fighting an army of Titans, that's not really fair if you can't do anything to hurt them. So, again, that's a good choice. You do yeah. get a HQ choice, which is like a um, a Skitari, uh, Kitari, sorry, um, leader. He basically gives out orders to the different secutory forces on the battlefield. Basically, he maybe think the, the, the battle droids out of Star Wars. He basically issues a binary command to all of them and they can go into different abilities and stuff. You've got the hoplites and peltasts as troop choices as well. So you can have some troops running alongside your titans. And then you've got the titans themselves. The, the weakest one, just for reference of how strong they are, uh, movement 15. Front armor 14, side armor 13, rear armor 12, 12 hall points. It's got um, void shields as well. So they're going to take some chewing to get through, but they're not unkillable, which is really good. Um, even if you go up to the, the Warlord Titan, it's armor 15 at the front, 15 at the sides, 14 at the rear. So you are going to need some need to bring some big guns to take it down, but it is 3000 points as well. So, yeah, I, I'd love to do a standalone Titan army, but I understand why they haven't done it. 
And let's face it, at some point we're going to play some ridiculous point game where the Titans can come out, aren't we? I think yeah. so. And that's it. In them kind of games, they're games where generally if you want to take a ton of Titans, you've arranged that with your mates anyway and you've come up with some sort of narrative scenario so it's not such a big problem. But for, for generally for pickup games, it's not fair on the opponent, is it, to, to rock up with an army that, that you know, if, you, if you're not if you've not tailored your list to deal with it, you don't stand a chance. So I like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 previously, I think you could technically take an, an army and it just wouldn't be fun to play against. It, this way, in a standard 3,000 point pickup game, the worst thing you're going to face is a Warhound with armor 14, 13, 12, and 12 all points. Mm-hmm. You can deal with that, can't you? Well, it's a big Contempt of Dreadnoughts with Brutal can take that out. Yeah, exactly. So that's I think that's a good change. Now, the army that's had a big change is the Questorus Households. This is your your Imperial Knight equivalent of the 30k setting. This was another army where you had that situation that we mentioned previously where I mean, it, arguably this was an issue in the, the original edition of the game. Was it seventh edition when the, the knights first came out? Where, again, if you hadn't tailored your list... Because of the way armor values work, you'd struggle to crack through the armor. Yeah. And it wouldn't be a fun game. So I think the the designers have looked at this and thought, okay, well, how can we rewrite this army to make it work as an army, but still allow you to take an army of knights? Because, you know, knights are cool. And a lot of 40k players have got plastic knights now as well. So the way that they've done it is that a, a knight doesn't use your Lord of War allowance. So technically... You can take 3,000 points of knights if you want to. Awesome. That's cool. Sorry, I thought it was squires. 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 That's it, squires. Yes, exactly. Right, I'll do that section again. So in order to unlock each knight, they need to be accompanied by two squires in the form of two armagers. Now, obviously, armagers haven't been an option before, and that uses the plastic kit from Games Workshop. The armagers themselves have got the lion keyword so the armages are a knight that can score objectives That's they've got toughness cool. seven like six that. wounds three plus save they've got the the um ionic deflector they're very very similar to the uh, the other ones again similar profile to a dreadnought really but they haven't got brutal um certainly haven't got brutal three i think they were brutal two on the chain axis um mm. but that is a target that you can take down with shooting from space marines which is the issue that you had with an all-night army. The fact that for every knight that you want to take, you have to take two armagers means that only a third of the models in your army are big knights that you could potentially not target as well. Now, obviously, understand that for essentially all existing knight players, you're going to have to buy two armagers for each big knight that you've got. But from from a game design mechanic... I think that's a good thing, and it makes them more fun to play against. You've played a couple of games of of Heresy, yeah, Jay. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, I think this is great, and it ties back to what I just said previously about being able to uh, take games for match play scenarios versus games for that you organise with your with your um, your friends in advance. Certainly, this way here, armor just sounds fine to me. I think it sounds really really cool. It gives it gives it makes a knight army a, a, a practical and feasible army in match play games. Yeah, and with the with the with the Questorus households being more, if you think Bretonian knights in Warhammer Fantasy, you I, if I was going to do a force, I'd paint up my 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 Lord of War knight, and then his two squires in like a matching colour scheme with the same heraldry, because they're yeah, his think, like retainers that are going with him. It looked really cool, wouldn't it? 
it would look ace. And and I I mean I'm tempted myself to make that kind of army for Horus Heresy as well. Um because I think those armages, like you say, that that you can deal with them with a Space Marine army. You don't need to tailor a list to fight that kind of army anymore. And I think that's great. Um and we've seen, we saw at the weekend, um lots of players were taking um full dreadnought armies. Is it the um ancient what's I can't remember what the right war is now? Uh, right of the ancient, something like that, yeah. Yeah, which full dreadnoughts. Um, and it was a tough, tough game for sure. And especially if you weren't prepared for it, this doesn't even sound that bad. It doesn't sound as no, bad as doesn't. a whole Dreadnought army. I was just about I, to I ask that really question. Fun. I was just about to say, um, Matt, because you played the Ultrines, didn't you, at the Horus Hosey event, and that was a full Dreadnought army. If you compare that sort of experience to, again, we'll have to fairy hammer it a little bit, but looking at you know this this um you know lord of war knight with his two squires doing a full army like that do you think you'd enjoy playing against that more than you did the all dreadnought yeah, army i i think so because the, the knight's quest draws to vehicles so yeah the, the tough armor 13 12 12 they've got those shields on them so four plus and rubble to the front but you've always got the chance that your las cannons and stuff can get that lucky penetrating hit through that just yeah. destroys it in a single shot yeah. yeah, I mean, I my, spark, my Spartan went down in one with. shot, I think. Yeah. In one of my um, games, so it happens. So so you can take... Uh, the good thing with this, you can take that as a primary or an optional detachment. Now, in a, a masterwork, a knight and two squires, maybe three, depending on which knight that you take, is about a 1,000 points. So, Dave, if you collected 2,000 points of Dark Angels, you could take a 1,000 points of Questorus as your allied slot and be able to build a plastic knight and two or three plastic armagers and have a legal force to sit alongside your main Dark Angel army, which is a pretty cheap way to build a Horus Heresy force in the grand scheme of things. It's a very tempting way uh, of building a heresy army. So it's really good. And to make it even better, if you don't want to take that detachment, which you take because the the, the troops choices get like line which is amazing um you can also take any individual knight as part of your standard lord of war alliance uh, allowance for any army as well including the mechanicum so right. there's a lot of customization while they've split the knights out so the more kind of like knightly order stuff is in here and the more mechanicum stuff's in the mechanicum half but there's nothing to stop you taking a primary mechanicum detachment and then allying in some of the Questorus knights, or okay. take a Questorus household and ally in one of the Mechanicum knights. But arguably, a full force of Questorus and Mechanicum knights wouldn't be operating together because they're different. The different factions really aren't they? You've got the the indoctrined Mechanicum stuff that is is you know built and maintained by the tech priests, and then you've got the Questorus stuff, which is a knightly household that's travelling around and questing and stuff. While there might be some overlapping allies, I think it makes sense that you haven't got stuff like the, the Moirax Knight and stuff in here. So I I really, really fancy doing a Questorus Knight Force, if you haven't already guessed. And I think this is the one of the big surprises for the book. You've got the profile in here for just a generic Knight quest, Questorus. And essentially, right. if you buy the Plastic Knight kit, you can build any of the profiles out of here without having to buy one of the expensive Forge World Knights as well. So you can do an entirely plastic Heresy Knight army, which is really, really fun. Yeah, that's yeah. Obviously, you've got, the, 
you've got the funky stuff and um, the really crazy stuff like the atropos uh, is a zero one choice as well so you can't spam those really powerful ones they are very very powerful but you know you're talking 500 points 600 points for something that you can take out in a lucky shot so like i said earlier i think i think this is a more balanced list than the dreadnought one and i think it'd be a load of fun as a bit of a hobby project um yeah. I, I can see you doing this jane going to town with all matching banners and stuff yeah that's it a night army is not something that's appealed to me before but it does in horus heresy yeah and and you can really go to town as well um by giving each of your knights different ranks as well so you can give them different titles which give them different abilities cost points to do that um but it gives them like the the character keyword and stuff so they can interact with more stuff you can increase your weapon skill you can increase your ballistic skill mechanically but from a narrative point of view you get a bit of lore telling you about what that different title meant for that night so for example the title dolores was bestowed upon the most famed beast hunters amongst the knights and it also implied one to whom life beyond the confines of the knight armor was a pale and hollow thing so you'd call your knight sir vanagus the dolores or something he costs 35 points mechanically he gets plus one uh, weapon skill and he can make sweeping advances even though he's a knight but kind of narratively you can weave a bit of a story with all the different titles of the knights in your force as well so i really like that i think it's cool cool so that is a super quick overview of the Mechanicum book. I think for the for the Lord of War heavy stuff, they've done some changes that make them more fun to play against in a in a tournament style game, while also giving you the tools to build your ridiculous ten thousand point game of Horus Heresy with a mana pool of knights allied to your army. Um while the um the Tagmartin Mechanicum army is very very different to the astartes you've got a lack of brutal but you've got weapons that could do wounds to dreadnoughts on a four plus you've got big chunky troops choices that can sit in an objective and weather a load of fire however if a dreadnought goes into them it will go through them like butter so i think really really nice book really thematic the only thing i guess Outside of the knights, which you can do again relatively cheap, and we're talking relative because let's face it, a mechanic, uh, a heresy army isn't cheap, is it? No, a tag no. master mechanicum army at the minute, you're talking what minimum couple of hundred quid for a couple of troops' choices in a HQ alone. I'm hoping that we get a lot of plastic support for this down the line. That would be cool. That'd be cool. Also kind of ties into our top three as well. Um, yes, but yeah, that's it. That's very cool. I I would definitely be tempted by an army of knights. I mean, personally, I think, especially taking away what you've just been saying, Matt, having a mixed mechanical army would be the best, but it would just take time probably for, for you to build up that collection of models. Yeah, I mean, that's why... Having them as an allied choice isn't a bad idea. I'm I'm tempted to pick up Arachnoscoria and you know a unit of Thalax, but that's what it's a hundred odd pounds for Scoria and fifty pounds I think for the the Thalax. So you're talking a hundred and fifty pounds for four models. Um, but yeah. that's for something cool I can ally to my traitor force and just over time grow it. Yeah, it, it's definitely, definitely more of a 
a collector army, I think, at the minute. Yeah, excellent. Um, obviously, thanks to GW for sending this book for us to review. Matt's done a fantastic job on the video and the written content, which is available over on spruceandbruce.com. I will pop the link as well in the podcast notes, so you can just click that and go straight to it. Um, make sure you've got a brew ready uh, and then enjoy that um, post. Uh, I think we need to let you um, get your breath back, Matt. Have a bit of a chill, um, but when we come back, we're going to have this week's top three, so keep listening. So, back when we knew uh, the new edition of Heresy was on the horizon, I believe we did a top three where we were talking about the top three things we'd like to see in plastic from the Forge website for, for Horus Heresy. Um, we're going to slightly change that for this week's top three. Um, and say non-Astartes. So um, this was quite a fun. This was quite a fun uh, top three for me because there's quite a lot to choose from. Because um, I, I personally would love to do a mechanic army, and it's the fact that they're all Forge World that kind of puts me off. So I've tried to to pick ones that are quite sensible um, to go for, but it was quite difficult pinning them down to three. Um, so uh, obviously we will go through the community top three picks to, towards the end of the show. Well, let's first of all go round the table uh, and see which ones we've picked ourselves. Uh, Jay, would you like to start us off this week with your top three? My top three? It was hard, actually, because straight away I was thinking about a ton of Astartes units I'd like to see in um, plastic. Um, but obviously that wasn't the, the aim of the challenge this week. So my first choice is a Xenos faction, and it's some plastic mega arachnids. Ooh, Mega Arachnids would be really cool. Especially if they did like narrative supplements, which we know are coming as well. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the, it, it is the Horus Heresy, but it would be cool to to pit the Space Marines and fight in some um, you know, battles of the Great Crusade. You know, what what when 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 the, the Angels of Death were in their heyday winning glory for, for the Imperium um before Horus fell. Um and yeah, that, I think that would be cool. Negarachnids, obviously the, the the Blood Angels, the Emperor's Children, they take a beating from these guys, so they'll be a tough tough little uh, army, I think. Um, yeah, that's a really cool idea, Jay. I like that. Following on from that um, sort of theme, and again, sort of predates the Horus Heresy, but it's such an iconic um, sort of event in the sort of timeline of Warhammer 30,000. And you've obviously got the triumph at Ulanor, but we hear stories about how Horus saved the Emperor from a brute of an orc, and the Emperor saved Horus from a brute. Of, and the orcs back then were, were were of a different size and scale to the orcs we see in the galaxy during the 41st millennium. So I would like to see almost like a battle in a box type set with the 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 orcs of Ulanor and that campaign oh. in the Ulanor sector. Can you imagine the Ulanor campaign box? You've got uh, Horus of the Lunar Wolves, mm. the Emperor of Mankind, and a horde of orcs. How cool would that be? Yeah, so I, I think I think that would be quite cool. Um, my, my last choice is, um, and, and she's a really interesting character, actually, and uh, I don't want to say too much because I know Matt hasn't read Warhawk yet, um, but we all know who um, Euphrates Keeler is. She's an important character in the Horus Heresy. Uh, she starts off as a remembrancer. She becomes a saint. She gets locked up 
uh, for worshipping the Emperor as a god. And then in Warhawk, she plays quite a big role as well. And we sort of see her character develop. And I would like, I can't spoil it for you, Matt, because I, know, I don't want to spoil it <laughs> because you've not read it. But I would like to see a model for Euphrates Keeler and her followers. Um, nice. That'd be cool. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I'm going to do my top three um, next. And unfortunately, I've not delved as deep into the lore as Jay has. I've just literally gone Forge World and done some shopping um, <laughs> and picked out models that I, I think would look be, be very, very cool. Um, I've actually gone for a top four, guys, because I couldn't top decide. Four. I couldn't decide on the, the third choice. Um, so my heart for my third choice went to the... Karaknos assault tank. So this thing is a massive tread tank with lots of little mini warheads on it. It's like an artillery piece yeah. um, with two sponsors. Um, really love this tank. I love this. Well, I love all this for 40k as well for my head mech. Um, but this is a, an incredible tank that I would definitely be picking up. Um, I can imagine being a lot cheaper than 146 pound, which is what it is in resin. Um, if it was in plastic, um, so yeah. that made my top oh, three. It's so cool. For for a little aside, um, it's a seven inch blast, strength six, AP four, with flesh bane, rad phage, ignores cover, pinning, shell shock three, and crawling fire. When you absolutely, positively need to pin a target, you fire this thing at it. Absolutely. In joint third place. We have, I thought I, we, we need some sort of troops choice. Uh, if, if, you know, if this is going to be a dream, kind of get these stuff in plastic to to get me building the mechanical army. I would need some phalanx cohorts. Um, these guys look awesome with the little jetpacks. I love their weapons. I loved like the helms. I love everything about them. Um, I just like to see them in plastic. And I can imagine a multi-part plastic kit of these being absolutely mint um so yeah that was like the sensible side so the 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 heart went for the tank the head went for the phallax <laughs> cohort i like that dave yeah <laughs> now then second choice again getting these the right way around um it was quite difficult but for my second choice i have gone for the arch magos on the ab ab i think it's called abeyant yeah yeah uh, alternatively, obviously builds the, the special character, which name I'm not going to try and pronounce. Um, <laughs> again, I love this, and I, I would actually love this to be a HQ choice for the Admech as well, for like um, a special tech priest, like on a mount. We have something similar for the sisters, so why not for the Admech? Um, a superb model. Um, I it would be probably my first purchase if I decided to do Mechanicum for the Heresy um, to build and paint. Um, yeah, it's awesome, awesome miniature uh, from the character series. Topping my top three, though, it just had to be a big, stompy robot. And the one I've gone for, and I think he's appeared in my top threes previously, is the Thanatar Siege Automator with the massive grav bombard cannon on his shoulder and he's got heavy, a big heavy bolter on his arm. Oh, man, I love this. I love this robot. It's so cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty epic model, isn't it? 
It is. It absolutely is. Again, just, you know, for consistency, I'd like to see this in my mech army as well. But, um, but yeah, a plastic one of these, I'd be all over Mechanicum, I think. Um, so that that is my top three. Um, who shall we go to next? Let's go to you next, Matt. What's what's your top three? What's my top three? Okay, well, I've I've kind of gone for similar to you, kind of stuff that this is the sensible options. Originally, I wrote down Warhound Titan as number three, and I crossed it out because you know <laughs> it's a silly one. So I've gone for the stuff that you'd need to create an army. Cheaply. Like we said, mechanic force is really cool, but at the minute you're talking what fifty quid for a squad of um, Thalax. So that brings me nicely to my number three choice, which is, as you said, the Mechanic and Phalanx cohort. But the minute um, you've got a number of different sets from Forge World, some of which contain a single special weapon, um, that are £40.50 for three of them, and relatively limited poses. I'd like to see these as a multi-part plastic kit, um, just because it's going to be the core of your Mechanic and Army, and they'll probably be able to do a set cheaper than the resin ones. You might even be able to get six in a box, maybe. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that'd be good. And you could have all the weapon options on there as well. So I think that'd be good. My number two choice is an army that I have very nearly pulled the trigger many times and then realised I need to eat. Um, <laughs> and it is the Solar Exilia. Now, oh, the basic Solar Exilia squad is £87 your basic troops choice which is like zero points they're like they're nothing are they they're just just dudes with guns you are going to need a lot of these guys a lot of tanks a lot of stuff i think we priced up a a basic solar auxilia army jay in your basket and yeah there was a lot of zeros on the end i had it in my basket for a while because the games which used to do that thing i don't know they still do where they randomly select one person to win their basket (laughs) And let's just say a, a legal solar auxilia force was not cheap, was it? No, so, no. And, and one of the big bar- the, the tanks and stuff, fine, cool. £100 tank from Forger, that's not a big deal. But when it's £87 for your basic troops choice, that makes the barrier for entry even higher than the Mechanicum, doesn't it? Yeah. So I've put down the, the solar auxilia las rifle section here. Um, now, you, you will note that the, um, the, the Navy... In the, in the new kill team box are very similar styled so obviously need to see the kind of the plastic kit when it comes out but I wonder if you could maybe proxy solar auxilia infantry using those imperial navy I think mm. I might do yes. that I think a lot of people might do that um, considering that there's there's options that we've seen on warcom for like axes and some of the special weapons so with you need a few boxes to do it, but you need a lot of guys in the Solar Auxilia Army, so it's potentially a cheap way to do it. But I'd love to see these guys specifically in plastic because they are more like heavily armoured than those navy guys, aren't they? The kind of, yeah, they the are. kind of Cylon helmet thing going on. So they're pretty cool. My number one choice though will not come as a surprise to regular listeners. The Demons of the Ruin Storm army list is very different to the 40k one in that the demons haven't really coalesced into blood letters, demonettes, uh, horrors, and playbearers yet. They're more kind of just raw, primordial energy. We've seen some of the the, um, the demon brutes who almost look like they're made of like, shadow and fire. Think of Balrog. Um, I'd love to see a Demons of the Ruin Storm plastic 
infantry kit so you can put together a demon army for 30k that doesn't look like it's just a corn army moved over i think that then gives demons of the ruined storm their own identity for games of 30k then yeah yeah it would excellent very very good top three that just leaves us with one team member left andy what is your choices so I could have literally picked pretty much every Adeptus Custody kit here from <laughs> Forge Jordan and put that in my, and just created a top 20 list. But I've been quite selective, been quite good. So my third choice is the Legio Coronus Grav Carrier. Now, the reason why I went for this one as opposed to any of the others is one thing for me that is missing from the army is vehicles. Now, you've got in, in 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 40k you've got the contempt and you've got the land raider but that's pretty much it unless you go forge world and for me looking at this grav carrier i would happily buy a couple of these and just throw some small squads of custodies in them and happily push yeah. them across the battlefield and i think it's one of those where most armies in the game have transport vehicles right and the land raider while it's cool is very space marine for me mm-hmm. and it, it, it always feels a little bit out of place when you look at the adeptus custodes you know they they realistically should have their own transport you know but they're not space marines they used to have um them. grav spartans grav spartans yes yeah i think oh. in master mankind they they are grav spartan land raiders yeah. aren't they um so yeah so that, that's my third choice but yeah and like I said, I could have thrown in pretty much the entire Adeptus Custodian. The um, the the um, Coronus Grav Tank. I remember seeing that in the cabinet for the first time during one of the um, open days at Games Workshop, and I fell in love with it straight away. It's it's a beast of model. I've actually got one right next to my leg here, sprayed grey, ready to go Ooh, uh, nice. with my new Custodian colour scheme. It's a superb vehicle. That one is. Yeah, if it was plastic, it'll be excellent. I'll be flying off the shelves. Um, <laughs> my second choice, and this is a bit of a strange one, but it's the Reva Titan. Ooh, a Reva. So, yeah, of all the Titans that Forge would do, the Reva Titan has to be my favourite. And I've, I don't think I'll ever buy one as long as it's resin, because my word, that that's probably that weighs a absolute ton and imagine putting that on a table i mean first <laughs> off you've got to have a pretty strong table just to support its weight but imagine if that thing fell over like, i will say it's it's a surprisingly i've, I've got a reader painted in media ignatium colors and the way they've built it is surprisingly well balanced it's center of gravity you'd have to you'd have to push it to knock it over it's not going to tip top over it's really well designed that said it is wow i think the body was like 800 quid when i got mine i don't know how much it is now but it's a lot isn't it (laughs) yeah Yeah, i think i worked it out for two weapons and the body and everything like that works out more than my first car yeah which um yeah is is quite expensive but if they sold it in a plastic kit you know big plastic kit let's say it's 300 quid something along those lines that gives you a, a starting point to get a Reva Titan, you know, get a Titan. Yeah. And let's face it, in 
pretty much any Horus Heresy army, it'd be so cool to have a Titan. I mean, imagine going up to Warhammer and all four of us have got a Titan and then 4,000 points of our selective legions, right? Well, Ariba so Titan, game. the smallest game you can use it in is 6,000 points because it costs 1,500. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, a Warhound Ooh. Titan is 750 points, which is exactly a quarter of a, a usual 3,000 point heresy army. I do wonder if a plastic Warhound would be on the cards at some point, just because priced at 750, any army can take it as part of their force. Yeah. I'd rather paint up another 2,000 points of Iron Warriors than take a Reaver. Curse you, Games Workshop, and make me buy models. <laughs> Um, and then my first choice is a pretty recent model, but it's a model that I think I'd get a lot of use out of if it was plastic. And that's Cabanda. Plastic Cabanda? Yeah, I, I'd wow. love to see a plastic Cabanda because <laughs> it is so cool. Like the resin model looks amazing. <laughs> but again, that, that resin sort of, it scares me a little bit if I'm being honest. And I'd love to use it for Age of Sigma. I'd love to use it for 40k. I'd love to use it for Horus Heresy. You know, and get loads of use out of it. But again, that that resin sort of almost like a fear of resin or forge or holds me back from from buying it. But yeah, I mean, imagine an army with Cabanda, Scarbrand, and a couple of Bloodthirsters in. That would be terrifying. I, I'm in exactly the same boat as you, Andy. I, I get scared of Forge World Resin. I shouldn't do, but I, I honestly really, really do. Yeah, I, I mean, I've bought a load of the Middle Earth Resin, and that's not too bad because they're all quite small-scale models. But looking at Cabanda, you know, you could get 100 Easterlings and pile them up on top of each other. And, well, I mean, that that's a bad example because that's probably a lot taller than Cabanda. <laughs> but, you know... it. It's it's a big model, like it's a hefty model. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Um, well, that is our top threes. Good, really cool. That you know, we very we didn't have much crossover there. I know me and you did a little bit, Matt, but um, yeah, some unique choices in there. Yeah. Uh, now, it'll be interesting to see what the community have chosen, which is what we're going to find out next. So keep listening. It is sadly time for the last segment of this week's episode. It is, of course, time to head over to the community to see what you have chosen for this week's top three. Matt, you have Twitter open. Let us know what the community have come up with. Well, G Ambulance Service says the Solar Auxilia Voltaris Storm section, the Solar Auxilia Laz Rifle section, and the Solar Auxilia Ogryn Charnite Squad. Yeah, mm. that's, that's pretty good. Uh, Leaky Cheese says to make a Mechanicum army stick, as in have it accessible to lots more collectors budget the current ruinous range. Uh, I'd go with these three kits in plastic. The Castellex, an all-in-one kit with all the options. The Thalax and the Creos tank. Yeah, and that's pretty cool. Uh, Garrow30k says Thalax is building them presently as a bit of a nightmare. Castellax as they're the standard automata. And both Myrmidon variants with a fuller weapon selection compared to their present resin counterparts. Yeah, so 
the current kit, you're kind of limited on the weapon loadouts, which is, and with them being so good in the book and being able to be taken as troops in certain builds, I think that's a very good shout. Like those plasma weapons that we mentioned earlier sound really good. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Forge of Mars says, I've just been adding up my Mechanicum. Uh, Skitari, Knights and Titans. Seems there's a legitimate reason for calling myself the Forge of Mars. Yeah, that is that is a good shout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dantiox says, the Hawking Thanatar, the Shifty Vorax, and the Deadly Ursarax. Uh, and Mousebait also says, all of this. <laughs> uh, Pete Pete Allison says, the Serestus Knight, uh, the Krios, oh, and the Triaros. Um, but he'd also like a Warhound Titan. Sorry, Jay. No, I love the Serestus Knights. Yeah, they are so cool, aren't they? Uh, well, on that theme, Average Paint says all three Serastus Knights, particularly the Lancer, but I'm not fussy, so I take any impasse. You know what? A lot of those knights do use the same chassis, don't they? Yeah. So it's not, again, we, we've, we've had a £100 plus kit become plastic in the form of the Spartan. We, we've got knights for 40k. I don't think it's out of the question, especially if a lot of people start picking up knight armies that they bring out a plastic Serastus night kit, because then that combined with the standard night kit in your armagers, you've got lots of options then. I I think that's a potential, maybe. Uh, Claude Savagely says the Solar Exilia, the Thalax and the Vulturix. Uh, Lord Fateweaver says the Thalax, the Castellax and the Thanatar. Darren Winter says the Vorax. Myrmidons with all weapon options. And the Knight Strix. Wild West Wargaming gives a nice set of Terminators for my third Legion, a 40k miniature for Lucius the Eternal, and every fine cast mini for the Skaven. Technically, it's some Astartes in there, but I'll accept it. Eamon <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ra says the Thalax, the Myrmidons, and the Castellux. Go for the line troops first, and Myrmidons need to sort out the weapon options. Evan says the Custodes Grav Tank, the Mechanicum Knight Moirax, and the Ruin Storm Demon Brutes. I love the idea of these as Bellacore shock troops. Yeah, I've, re- I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'd like to see some of the Ruin Storm stuff maybe be Bellacore's own personal demons. Yeah. Um, Little Legend Miniature Painting Studio has actually shared a really nice video with his um, Castellax robots. Uh, yeah, oh, I miss that. Castellax robots, yeah. So if you check out the Twitter, he's got pulled from his Instagram feed a little video of his uh, his robots spinning very aesthetically so yeah that's really cool jp riley says not horus heresy however they are non-astartes i did say non-astartes <laughs> so i'll allow it warp spiders fire dragons and striking scorpions and just in case he thinks he's going to get told off he says technically they were all around you in the heresy you're absolutely right i can't argue with that one <laughs> or, or, well also oh, no, well also. actually were they were they because maybe they were so the heresy, the Great Crusade kicked off with the death of the Eldar, didn't it? The birth of Slanesh. Mm. And that's what cleared all the warp storms around. Now, obviously, those craft world Eldar, the Avatar of Cain would have been fighting Slanesh at that point in time. And then the Aspect Warriors were formed by the Phoenix Lords who came out after that event. So I'd, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll let we'll let it slide this time. We'll let it slide this time. <laughs> I'm glad we've got fact check for um, <laughs> fake Eldar news. Uh, painting for my sanity says the termite assault drill. Yeah, that'd be really cool because um, Astartes can take it. Incidentally, uh, for Mechanicum fans, the termite is not in the Mechanicum book, but that's not to say it isn't in the PDF, which obviously we haven't seen yet. 
But I was a little bit surprised by that because I'd quite like to deploy um, robots to battle using a big drill. Uh, mm. The Castellax with all the weapon options and the Thalax and Ursarax as a dual kit. Yeah, that's a really good shout. That'd work. Uh, Elijah, Elijah says, Skitari options for Skitari. At least, that's a strong twister, isn't it? At least one of the heavy Mechanicum troops choice, a Heresy Elite, a Heresy HQ, and a Heresy Transport or two. Yes, Terex Pattern Termite would be obvious. Arguably, it's not a transport anymore. I will say, the basic transport for the Mechanicum, I forget what it's called, but it looks like a it looks really cool. It's got like an extended um, kind of like chassis to it. It's armor 14 on the front, and it's got flare shield as standard, and it's your basic transport. You're not cracking that open. Yeah. And finally, Shatner's Ghost has put images on, so I'm going to have to test my uh, Mechanicum law here by going a Magos Dominus, a um, Castellax, and a Thanatar. So, yeah, all really, really cool models and all ones I'd love to see in plastic. Excellent stuff. That leads me with the question, Matt, what would next week's top three be? Well, obviously, we, we, we've heard rumblings about the new season of Kill Team coming. And, you know, there's a lot of scope in Kill Team for some more unusual forces that you wouldn't get in, like, stock 40k. So I want to know the top three Kill Teams you would like to see this season. So you can get your choices in early via our social media channels. Alternatively, on the Sunday or Monday before we record next week's podcast, we will pop a tweet and a message out asking for those replies. So you can just simply uh, reply to that post. That, gentlemen, brings us to the end of episode 198. 198, only one episode stands between now and the glory of episode 200 which is pretty that's pretty exciting Um, so we are still looking for any audio clips of your favorite sprues and brews if you would like to get involved if you would like to be on that podcast then you can do so just send us an mp3 clip of you introducing yourself saying what your favorite sprue and brew is and we will look to squeeze that onto episode 200 and then internet glory uh, and f- internet immortality will be yours potentially maybe, maybe. maybe. we can't guarantee it. so a little in in, in advance uh, notice of a change to regular scheduling uh, i think episode 199 is going to go out as regularly scheduled isn't it and i think there'll be a week off between that and episode 200 yeah so you have got an extra week um a couple of reasons for it mainly uh, logistics is we, we you know we we do have summer holidays uh, and things like that so um it just gives us an extra week to prepare for that that glorious episode um so yeah send us those clips um our email address is sprucebrews at gmail.com or just simply drop us a message over social media and we'll give you a hand getting that over to us one way or another So, yeah, hope everybody has a great week of hobby and we'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out sprucesandbrews.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at sprucesandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash sprucesandbrews. Boo. Boo.